when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. On Thursday, the 14th of February, uh, and for the day that's in it, in case you don't have anybody to wish you Happy Valentine's Day, may I personally wish you a Happy Valentine's Day. And thank you to Mary, who has already WhatsApped, wanting to wish everybody a Happy Valentine's Day here at C103. Thank you for that. And I know... um, Simon on The Breakfast Show was having a bit of fun with uh, crushes who was your teenage crush and he was getting lots of suggestions in and people saying who was their their, uh, different uh, crushes Uh, and actually there is a survey out showing that Saoirse Ronan and Jamie Doran are the top Irish choices for a first date if you were asked now to go on a date who would you go with? Most Irish people came out with Saoirse Ronan, who was gorgeous, and Jamie Dorn, the star of uh, 50, the Fifty Shades of Grey fame. Uh, the that was and Jamie Dorn actually for the women was ahead of Pierce Brosnan, and also ahead of singer Brezzy, who came in in third place. He's another fine specimen of a man. Eighteen percent of men would also like to go on a date uh, with. Top of that list was Saoirse Ronan. And then interesting, in second place was Imelda May and in third place was uh, Katie Taylor. They're, they're interesting choices, aren't they? But they're both lovely girls as well. And I think if you're going on a date like that, it's got to be more than just uh, what you're looking at. You've got to be able to get on with the person and have a little bit of fun as well. So whatever you're doing today for Valentine's Day, we hope that you enjoy it. We will stay on the Valentine's theme later on in the programme uh, today when we're going to be talking uh, and encouraging people to ditch the mobile phone for the day that's in it. If you are heading out on a date or perhaps you're holding off and going to have a Valentine's dinner over the weekend or maybe you're going to have a nice Valentine's dinner at home which is a lovely thing to do as well. Leave, just switch off the mobile phone. Put the mobile phone down and just speak to the person. You're on a date with the person. You're not on a date with your mobile phone. And OK, if you want to take a photograph, get the photographs out of the way. I know people like to send fo- take photographs of their food and all of that. Uh, just quickly take the photograph and then just put the photograph down. You don't have to tweet it or Instagram it or Facebook it instantly. You can do that afterwards. But just decide that for the couple of hours that you're going to go out on your date for Valentine's Day or the couple of hours you're going to be at home having your Valentine's Day 
meal or night, romantic evening, whatever it is, just leave the phones down. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on on the programme. Hearing sad news about one of our local St. Patrick's Day parade and it's been cancelled this year for uh, 2019. Uh, we'll, we'll try and dig deep to find out what exactly is going on. It does appear to be funding is an issue and there's always, you know, and I know people say, ah, could there be funding attached to St. Patrick's Day parades. Surely it's local businesses, local organisations get involved and then off they head and they have a little bit of parade down through the town. How can there be costs involved in that? Sadly, there's a lot of costs involved in it and I'm assuming that the dirty word of insurance is going to come up. Insurance and the rising cost of insurance is absolutely crippling this country and we are going to see if the government don't get a handle on it, we are going to see more and more community groups and voluntary organisations are going to be really affected by this going forward. I mean, if you want to organise anything now, you have to have public public liability insurance and it's the cost of that public liability insurance, even if you never had a claim. And God forbid then, if you do have a claim, you can pack up and just forget about it completely and I suppose tied in with that is the fact that we've become we seem to and I don't know if it's just in this country it's in other countries as well we seem to become a people now who as soon as we fall your instant thing is to how much money can I make out of this there was a time where like children in the playground if they fell over teacher came out wiped the knee put a bandage on it and that was it how often do you read in the paper of claims that are going in against schools because a child was running in the playground and uh, fell? I mean, I certainly remember when I was going to school, if a child broke an arm or a leg or an, an-, an ankle and had to end up in Plaster of Paris, it was the biggest excitement because you all got to sign the Plaster of Paris and that person became a little bit of a celebrity for the duration that they were on the crutches or the arm was in a sling in the in the plaster of Paris. I certainly never heard of any of our classmates, the families suing because the child fell in the playground. But that does seem to be very much the norm today. And that's added into any sort of a public event. If somebody has any kind of an accident, first thing they seem to think about, almost if they, if they need to call an ambulance, they're calling the solicitor uh, straight away. We used to joke in America about solicitors being ambulance chasers. We almost seem to be the same here uh, in this country. But the knock-on effect, insurance premiums are rising and we're going to have more, hear about more and more of this community events that we all enjoy going to, we enjoy bringing our family to and it will be awful. It will be awful to see the, the, the end of them. So we'll chat with one local uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade Committee. Uh, Pamela Swain. Our Operation Transformation Leader, who is doing Cork proud from you all, uh, joins us. I don't know if you were watching Operation Transformation last night. If you weren't, we'll be able to catch up with Pamela. She is doing so, so well on this. We can be so very proud of her. And then there was, I mean, I imagine an element of sadness for all of the leaders with the news that Jean, one of the young leaders, this is the girl who lost her baby just a little now, a little over a a year ago. She's had to drop out of Operation Transformation but dropping out for a really good reason. She's dropping out because she is uh, pregnant. We have been talking on this programme with Annalise Dressel for many, many months now about revenues plans to change the zero rate of VAT on health food supplements, vitamins and fish oils. At the moment it's at zero and on the 1st of March, which is what, two weeks away, 
that rate of VAT goes from zero to 23%. That's a huge, huge hike. I mean, an extra 23% on anything that is 10 euro, it's going to put 2 euro, 30 cent. Some of these tablets can be very, very expensive. So you're adding a lot to it. People struggle already to get some of these vitamins. But these vitamins and minerals keep people healthy longer. We will have doctors and health professionals recommending to patients that they go to their pharmacy, that they go to their health shop and that they buy these various vitamins and minerals and uh, uh, fish oils. You're not entitled to get them on a medical card, so you've got to cough up the money. Uh, yourself and many people do it and many people feel the benefits. We know from Annalise's slot how many people come back and say that they tried a various supplement that was suggested or a vitamin that was suggested and that they couldn't get over the difference that it was making uh, to them and they were feeling so much healthier. So it's keeping them away from the doctor. It's keeping them out of hospitals. So it's ultimately saving the HSE money are now 23%. So we're going to talk about the effect of that uh, today on the programme. Jane Pickett will answer your pet questions and we'll have this week's Crime File. Can I say happy birthday to Aoife Murphy who's celebrating a birthday today and her dad Sean and grandmother Peg have sent in a text wanting to wish her a happy birthday. And that is Aoife Murphy who was our Cork Rose back in 2015. So happy birthday to Aoife. And Caroline Ball has a birthday today and the gang in Drina Coffee Shop in Skibbereen were on wanting to wish her all the very best unfortunately I don't have the song that they're looking for but happy birthday to you Caroline Ball uh, in Drina Coffee Shop we hope you have a wonderful day now it would be fantastic if we could help out somebody I spotted this on Facebook uh, yesterday and I got tagged on a post seeing if I could help out there's a cat gone missing it's a 17-year-old cat. So it's an old cat and a much-loved cat. And it's gone missing from the Dromore area of Mallow. And it's missing since last weekend. It is possible that she could be straying on the Cork Road in the vicinity of Barry's Cash and Carry, which is close to us here at the Mallow Studios. Any sighting would be very much appreciated uh, by her owners. Uh, so if anybody spotted Holly, she's a black and white cat. As I say, 17, so she's an old cat. If anybody has spotted her, maybe somebody has taken her in and has been looking after her since last weekend. I would love to think that that's what's happened. Somebody has taken in this cat and uh, has just realised it's an old cat, but it's much loved and much missed. So if anybody spots a black and white cat, the Dromore area of Mallow, Cork Road area, vicinity of Barry's Cash and Carry, that general area, the Majestic Business Park, anywhere around there. Or if you've spotted the cat any time since the weekend, as I say, it's a large cat, black and black, predominantly black, uh, with it has white on it uh, as well. 086 Gertiuk e eram keid la den vela cheltenum gavilis octeg, agus vi er tark amak asan vela. 
Rugic Ruby Walsh, a gun de Kildara, Savlini de Shakdone. Hussig Shay, a market couple, a Shaknina Dish. Buffeladorva, a freshen, August Rugic Shay, Bern Ille, Aaron, Free Ukdeg, Lena Manskull, in the Deg Nokashe. Toshe Postella, Gillian, August Kahir, in Ian again. Le Bluer Grilga, it's Misha Jack Arushta or Grill Skull Hamas Davish Mala. CKD Asa 3 Kirkig. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Now, I imagine people in Cove were very saddened to hear this week that following a planning meeting, the organising committee of the Cove St. Patrick's Day Parade have decided to cancel this year's event. To explain more, I'm joined by Ken Curtin, who's part of that organising committee. Good morning to you, Ken. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you're welcome to the programme. I take it this decision wasn't taken lightly by anyone on the organising committee? Uh, absolutely not. It was one of the toughest decisions most of us have ever had to make, especially in a, in a local and a community context anyway. And the reasons? I suppose there was a combination of reasons, um, one of which you reflected in when we were talking earlier um, is the, the literally the cost involved. We were going to be, like even which might surprise a lot of your listeners, but even a no-frills parade, the very bare minimum in terms of what you'd need in terms of insurance, in terms of road closure, in terms of barriers, PA, the bits and pieces there, you would, the bare bones of a parade would still cost between five and 6,000 euros. Um, like, like to give one simple example of that, um, the, the barriers that people wouldn't think it is, the barriers you know, that, that you'd have at the, that lo- line the street, line the route of the parade. Line the street, yeah. Like we need two hundred and fifty of them, and the cheapest quote we got for them this year was two thousand two hundred euros plus VAT to hire them for the for the event. Now we've had cheaper quotes in the past, and it's probably the day that's in it. There's a lot of other businesses uh, are uh, they're a popular thing on the day for obvious reasons. Um, but like that's one cost. That, like the obviously there's insurance. There's you mentioned you mentioned road closures. You have to pay. Absolutely, yeah. That's what it, I, I suppose. That I would be in my bonnet about that in general, um, because, like in fairness, the council will always give us a donation or a contribution towards it. But it's like they take give with one hand and take with the other. In that, um, to do a road closure, you have to pay. It usually works out. It can be in excess of a thousand euros because they they you have to place a couple of ads. Um, and they're they're very specific about what publications as well. They have to be kind of they, they won't accept, you know, like your local parish newsletter or your local publication. Ah, they won't they, accept you putting it up online or anything. No, no. There's very strict rules, and they pick where the ad goes, and you you pay the full racket of the advertising cost. Like like we've said it, and I'm involved in a few other local bits and pieces as well, like the regatta things, all of which need road closures. Like it make complete sense for all the road closures for a for a year or something to be done together and the coast yeah, that's that a, or something. That's there, a kind there, of a needless cost, isn't it? There, there, absolutely. There's there's a real lack of joined up thinking in that one, and I think the and, and I'm sure it's not unique because if, 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 it's a, if it's a problem in Cove, it's a problem everywhere. Yeah, because road closures, you can't have an event that's on the street without a road closure. And as I said, there's very strict rules apply, and even and actually. You mentioned insurance earlier. Our insurance costs this year actually went up because of the road closure rules because they've actually they've actually tightened up the rules on a road closure now 
in terms of what liability goes on the committee and the organisation if there's a road closure. Um, and when we showed that to our insurance company, they, we had to pay an increased premium purely for that reason. Now, it, it isn't. Insurance wasn't the, the only or wasn't the main reason because we have our... We, we do our insurance in conjunction with Tidy Towns and a couple of other groups, so we've, it covers a, a, a chunk of events and we that paid anyway. But it's, it was the combination of, obviously, the cost is a factor. Um, but one of the biggest reasons of all are, is, the fact, is the lack of support we were getting. Now, we were getting great support from the people of Cove and the area coming out to watch the parade. But in terms of entries, like putting it in context, back in 2012, we had 56 entries. Okay. Last year, we were down to... Um, I think it was 23. Um, and and up to the other day, we had literally less than a handful. Now, we know we'll probably get... There, there are some groups that will always come in, the likes of the local GA, the local soccer club, the groups with young people involved. But the local businesses, even though we don't charge them any interfering, unfortunately, never take part. And and like we, like if you think about it, as I said, as I said already, it costs five or six thousand. It, it last last year's parade because we because the number of entries only lasted twenty five minutes. I think we could get a lot of better bang for our buck locally for six grand than. Um, than a 20-minute parade. And, and, and why, do, why do you think local businesses... Because it's free advertising, really, for local uh, businesses. Patricia, I, it, it, I'm baffled. I've had this conversation with several. And they'll all tell you, oh, geez, no, Ken, we'll definitely enter this year. And no, that's a great idea. That's fantastic. And just, I suppose, you know, people have busy lives and their other commitments. Yeah. And, and sometimes, I, I, I've always had a view as well, and I say this as somebody who's organised lots of different things at different times. Sometimes when something is free, people don't value it. <laughs> I think yeah, we might potentially yeah. have more interest if we were charging an entry fee, potentially. But either way, I suppose, on the, big, on the greater scheme of things, the other thing where, the other area where we're all struggling is really to get volunteers to... Now, this, this is a big issue, then. This is a yeah. big, this is not just a Cove uh, issue. No. Uh, Ken, it's, it's almost impossible, isn't it, to get people to sign up yeah, and be a and, volunteer. And like, like we've a, a tone the size of Cove, I'd, like the, the same people that are, and, and the, the volunteers for the, that would be our volunteers for the parade are the same ones of us that are out on a Saturday morning with tidy tones are the same ones when there's a road race on track to track. Like it's the same handful of people all the time. Like And and like you'll, you'll get great support online. Online you think every, every man and his mother is, on, is, is doing great gashkas and doing great work and, and fully on board. And, they're genuine, and I'm not doubting the, the sincerity of those people, but actually for actually somebody to, to commit a few hours to something is it's harder and, and harder. And I'm assuming time. that's all it would be. You're not asking oh, people yeah. it's, it's to give up weeks of their time. No, no, not like we'd love and, 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 and Going forward, we really need new people involved in the organising side of things on the committee, which obviously is a bit more of a commitment. But on the day, all we want is people for about a couple of hours, literally just to help direct traffic or help men, 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 to tell somebody that's where you stand or that's where you go, or just to make sure things are running smoothly. It's a very straightforward... And as I'm often saying to young people and things, it's the kind of thing that looks great on your CV, yeah. that you're a volunteer in the Paddy's Day Parade and... And also for, fa- I mean, you know, the, the nature of St. Patrick's Day Parade, families go out. I mean, it would be as easy for a family member to be there as a volunteer while yeah. out with their family. 
Now, there's a few friends of mine, I, 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 I'm definitely not going to mention names, I'm fairly sure they'd be much happier to be stewarding somewhere <laughs> than standing around <laughs> watching the parade. Um, but, um, and, the, and this, as you say, this is an issue not just for the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Stay there because I want to bring in oh, uh, Kieran Welch of the Cove People's Regatta that Ken, and I know you're also a member of, uh, of as well. Um, uh, but Kieran joins me. Kieran, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, because I saw you post up on, on Facebook yesterday about the St. Patrick's Day Parade not going ahead and you tied it in with the regatta. There's an issue with the regatta as well, isn't there? Trying to get people to help out. Well, I- as Ken said, and I serve on the uh, the regatta committee with Ken, and it's the same few bodies that are doing the work the whole time. Um, the the regatta committee consists of eight people, and they're the eight stewards on the ground for the whole weekend. They spend the months leading up to it, organising it, and they're literally, you know, the people going into the dunk tank, <laughs> literally on the Sunday as well, you know, so... Um, but very much similar experience. The the regatta is teetering on the edge always as well for funding, for volunteers on the ground, for support from businesses who who would profit from what would be the flagship event of the town. But as you, as Ken said, if it's happening in COVID, it's happening in every town in Ireland probably. But it it's really a lack of you know, diversity across the community that there is more people involved that it's the same handful or the same 20 people that are serving on all the committees around the town. And yes, Kieran, there'll be much wringing of hands and wailing if you would dare to suggest that the regatta wasn't to go ahead. It, it, on many an occasion, the, the regatta has lost money and, and it, it, it relied on very generous people on the committee to put their own hands in their pockets. Ah, that's not fair. That's a huge undertaking as well, given the amount of work that goes into organising and running it on a voluntary basis. So that's happened on several occasions, and there's people still in this town that are owed money from the regatta, from past regattas. And now... Every every year is a struggle, and to be fair, the people get behind it in the fundraising capacity. But more needs to happen from the business side and sponsorship, and and it's only if something like this happened to the regatta that it it was lost in the morning that people would say there's another huge asset to the town gone. And it's the same for the St Patrick's Day parade. It's a showcase for Cove. And anything that showcases the town is good for the town. And the ex- the the expense side of the regatta, yeah, Kieran, you've got similar to what Ken is talking about. I take it insurance, road closures, do you to get barriers as well. Barriers for certain certain events that happen over the weekend. We close we close off the square, and we have we have a stage set up on the square, which which basically turns the square of the town into a venue. Um, up it, if we decide to close the roads ourselves, we have to pay for it. The guards have the power to close the roads, and that would be their decision. And that has happened in the past, where that wouldn't be an expense on us. But yeah. you can't take those chances either if you need to close a road or think about the safety of people. But um, and the regatta attracts a lot of people to the town. It's it. 
it's one of the flagship events in East Cork. It's it's hundreds of years old. It's one of the oldest events, regatta events in the whole world. And every year, it's the same handful, the same... You know, the bodies change, but the numbers, you might see different faces on the committee, but... The numbers the, remain the, the same. The numbers generally don't change. It's always eight to ten people that are doing all the work. Um, and for Deuce to Ken, he's on so many committees there, I don't know where he gets the time to do it. <laughs> and I, Ken, I'm and on several myself. Chris, and come here. It, it, it's... Let, let, let me bring Ken, Ken in. Go I was on, Ken. And the day that's in it, I'd say, is trying to lend me in more trouble with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Ken, is there a solution? To be fair, like, to, I suppose, this is, to, I, I'll straight out, there's no simple solution. But, like, but what's, what's needed at the end of the day is more joined up thinking. And, and, and like, even if you saw, and you, you, you saw it online, if we could even tap into a fraction of the support and the enthusiasm that was there yesterday when people first heard about the parade being cancelled. And if and if even a handful of those actually Helped take out. the next step and go to a meeting or do a small bit and, and put together... I know, to be fair, I, 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 what I'm doing at the moment is I'm kind of... I'm watching who's posting what and I'm kind of picking... And I'm spotting a few people and I'm just contacting them directly and saying, look... Would you like to get involved? It's too late. It's too late for this year, probably, at this yeah. stage. But what about next you'd be, year? You'd be a mighty man or you'd be a mighty woman for to get involved for next year. You seem to have the right ideas, the right the right get up and go. And and sometimes people like it like in and I I I know this from the world of politics and everything else. Um sometimes people actually physically need to be asked. And sometimes when you ask somebody they're they it's they're like, well, as as I prove myself too often, when you most people struggle to say no when they're asked directly, so Maybe by direct ask we can get more people involved, and and I I am hopeful. I'm more hopeful. If you'd if you'd have spoken to me a few days ago, I'd have been less less hopeful. But as as I said, when I saw the the support and the enthusiasm that I was seeing online in particular, and and knowing knowing some of the people that that that, that have been saying that and hoping that they can follow through, then I am I am hopeful that we will that we'll get back up and running. For yeah, next year. and if and maybe, if you had you know if you had a lot of people helping out, a lot of people will dilute the work that needs to be done. So people will have to do very little then. Oh, absolutely. Many hands make life work. It's, a, it's not a... It's um, not rocket science. Like a, if, you, if you go back to the old idea that some many of your listeners have before, back in the old days of the trashing, like when the... Everybody the, the helped out. Of, yeah. Everybody and helped out. And, and then to get businesses on board and for businesses absolutely. to realise you can, you can showcase what you have on offer, so it is free advertising, but it's also giving something back to the community, but, the people that even, support you all year round. Very much so. And even now this morning, like I was at a... At a, at a lengthy conversation with the president of the local chamber here in Cove, like and and like they're happy to support as well, but they're having the same problems we are. Like if they, they if they put on an event, even if it's a free event for members, they 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 struggle to get anybody to come along to it. Like it's the it's it, it and it's not and it's definitely not a unique core problem. It's a no, it's, it's not. It's it's I it's. Think, I think it's nationwide. I'd like to something on that point actually, Kieran. Yeah. Uh, just on the businesses, I'm like just out of first-hand experience of you know even businesses that that say they support. You, they're still you know uh, nearly eight nine months after the regatta, you're still chasing money that was promised. And I'm like, it, at the, 
I, I'm not joking that the committee members went into their pockets to pay for the regatta. Now, the regatta brings so much, I'm like, it's such a publicised event on social media and there's months of build up. It brings so many tourists to the town, it showcases the town. And then the, on the weekend itself, the town is so busy for the regatta that every business in the town is profiting from the regatta. If it goes, and through a, a lack of support from from businesses that should be contributing but aren't, I mean, they'll be the first up in arms saying, what happened to our regatta? Where's yeah. it gone? Yeah. We, were, we used to make a fortune off this. Where's it gone? And it's the 16th, 17th of August this year, the dates? 16th, 17th, okay, and 18th. So, okay. uh, it'll be on the Friday night is in the Commodore Hotel, who are our main sponsors and always have been excellent to us. There's huge history between the Commodore Hotel and the Regatta. Okay. So that opens on the Friday night. And then Saturday and Sunday, between the bandstand and the square, it's kind of split between a lovely family occasion in, in the promenade and the square. While still family orientated and great entertainment, there there's you know, it, it there's adult drinking and and what have you and sports and the likes go on there. So it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant occasion. It's a great weekend, Greg. Yeah, a great and a great weekend and for families. C one o three and ninety six FM came on board last year with us, and we had a great weekend down Good. down there with everyone as well. All right, let's hope it'll be the same again. And just by talking about it and giving publicity to it that hopefully we will get more people uh, to come forward. But in the meantime, thank you for that. We leave it there. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Ken Curtin and uh, Kieran Walsh both joining us for Cork on the sad news that Cove to have no St. Patrick's Day Parade this year. Ladies and gents, this is the moment we've waited for. To tell you how many people listen to C103 every day. Our numbers show we're the first thing you hear in the morning and last thing at night. And we appreciate it. According to the latest radio listenership figures, 257,000 adults now listen to C103 and Cork's 96 FM every week. Source Channel or Ipsos MRBI 2018-4. Cork's greatest shows are on your favourite station. And stay listening to win your share of €5,000 with C103 Cash Tracks. Starts Monday on Cork's greatest hits, C103. Hashtag choose radio. Now flying the fag for Cork in this year's Operation Transformation programme is leader from Yall, Pamela Swain, whose goal is to get just below her wedding day weight. I'm delighted to say Pam once again joins me. Good morning to you, Pam. Good morning, Michelle. Uh, I'm very well. Oh, my God. We watched last night and Jean is out. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's still going to do the catwalk with us and stuff. But okay. um, yeah, she can't win for obvious reasons because... Um, the electrical currents and whatever that go up through that um, wind scale that we get on. Yeah. So um, and she's cause yeah. she's she's seven weeks. For those who didn't see it, she's she's seven weeks pregnant. She um, and and I loved the way she wanted to tell you all together. Oh yeah, but sure we are a family. Like you know, the five of us are a family now together. It's crazy. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah, like when we got told, it was just amazing news. I'm sure our reactions said it all. Like you know, last night on TV. And had um, any of you guessed? Because you'd be, you'd spent some time no. with her that day. Well, like, I was just saying to her that day, you look really different, you know? And um, she was always saying something else to her as well or whatever. 
but she was trying to play it off on the hair and all the rest of it, whatever. But like, um, and Carl had to, Jesus, lads, you're glowing. Do you know about the girls, like, or whatever? So yeah. it, was, it was just, it was hilarious. It was brilliant. Yeah. The best news that any of us could have wished for for Jean, you know. Because she lost just a little over a year ago. Now she lost her little baby. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did, and she miscarried in September and stuff as well. Yeah, and um, she's been so good from, to share. Oh yeah, but like, do you know what? She's real. Like, you know, this is real life. Yeah. So she's she's sharing with the nation her story, like you know, and showing like that how strong she is, and I hope to give hope to other women out there. I suppose. Yeah, and bless her heart. I know it was difficult because she's only seven weeks and people will say, is she, is she nuts telling people? But I can understand why she's decided I, to tell. I totally get her and, and that's, her, that's, her, that's her choice, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that she's a million percent right and I'm a million percent behind her. Yeah. And I can't wait, I can't wait to get a hold of the little bundle. It'd <laughs> ah, ah, be fantastic. <laughs> a little OT baby. I I, it will be, yeah. I th- and this is, th- this is the first time this has ever happened, isn't it, on Operation Transformation? I, I would think yeah, I would think so. Don't remember it happening before. We're definitely an extraordinary group, yeah. <laughs> we, that, that is true. Now, we haven't been able to talk to you for a couple of weeks, so I want to do a quick catch-up with you. The last time we spoke, you had just smashed your foot. I talk did, to yeah. me about how that affected you that week. I mean, obviously, training was out the door, exercise. Uh, training was out the door, yeah. I was on crutches until the Thursday night. Um, so I'd only, like, one day of running before I got weighed. Um, so like I was, I was panicking. Obviously, I was like, "Oh my god, my this is crazy!" Like you know, I felt like I was being left behind from the other leaders. Um, I thought that they were all like you know, plowing ahead, and I was just being left behind as per usual. What usually happens in my life, I always start stuff, and don't finish it, kind of thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, the Thursday really hit me. I was a bit upset um about the pain, but the weekend then proved that I, I actually lost a pound, like you know, and that was actually just from the healthy eating, we'll say. Yeah, your your face last week was, I mean, you really were surprised. I mean, and I think the judges were even, or your mentors were even surprised. I mean, had you stayed the same or even if you'd put up a little bit? Oh, yeah, they were delighted. Yeah. So, you know, like their opinions of you um, on that day of your win and whatever, like, you know, it, it actually has a major effect on you, you know, like if their comments are brilliant and whatever, like you feel brilliant from out of there and I feel you can take on the world that following week. Yeah. Whereas, um, I know that they're to criticise us, you know, and help us, like, you know, give us, like, all the the tools to continue on, like, after the show and kind of thing, like, you know. But, um, yeah, they were delighted this weekend again with me, so I'm really pumped for this week for the two pounds. Well done. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it is more about just losing weight. It's about, and the no, big one is getting everything. fit. It's everything. It's about, it's about your mind, body, and soul. I really do believe that. Yeah. You know, like, if you get everything in line, then, like, you'll be flying, so that kind of way. You get your food right, your body be correct, your head will go along with it, like you know. So three pounds last week. You're nearly yeah. a, you're nearly a stone down now, aren't you? I'm thir- one pound off, off the, the stone, stone, but I actually did lose a stone in body fat. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, stone in body fat, and they gave us a few inches and stuff as well last week or whatever. But that didn't go out in the air last night, so I don't know my potato was, so I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> and last night we saw you, my God, by God, you're exercising a lot between, you know, early morning runs, all the yeah. walk. Now, you live in a beautiful neck of the woods, so you've I got do. you've got fantastic walks along oh, the beach. The, are you enjoying the exercise now? Oh, I'm loving I'm loving the running more now than the resistance, I have to be honest. I love the running. Absolutely love it. Like... It's something I'm really definitely going to take on board and do an awful lot of and 
Joe, set myself a few goals, Joe, for the year that I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to do the Emer Casey here in Yall. I'm going to do the Killer Four Miles, stuff like that. Like, just right I have on. the future that I want to do, like, you know. Because you're building up to the 5K, isn't it? Yeah, it's 5K, yeah. Not this weekend, the following weekend okay. in Phoenix Park in Dublin. Yeah, my ah. sister Teresa's training me and... I'm going to smash it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done a 5K yet, even in, no, in training? No, no, no. Uh, I'm doing, like, the, the training, like, the run walk. Like, you know, it's one and a half minutes walking and four minutes running at the moment. Yeah. Uh, six times. So um, that uh, was the f- toughest run I've done now two nights ago. It was just unbelievable. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, I did it. I got through it and I lived to tell the tale, so. Terrific. The, the future's looking bright. And the cigarettes are gone? Gone, you gone, gone. Since the 9th of January. Yeah. That's old news now, Patricia. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it the programme. But, you, but you, you, you don't miss them? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I honestly am so over cigarettes, it's not even funny. They're gone. They're in the past. And have you been out in social sessions? Because that's always I, yeah, the tough one. I was one. out at Bagatell last Thursday night oh, yeah. uh, in the opera, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a clip there on Facebook went up. Operation, that's basically my But, um, yeah, and Not a I, was drinking, I was drinking water now. I wasn't drinking alcohol, so I don't know. It might be different when I have alcohol in my system, and I might jump no, no, more. Because, no, no. I know by talking to you, you're well. You're, you're yeah, well. They're yeah, gone. they're gone. They're, they're, they're gone. Honestly, I, I looking at the other uh, leaders, and 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 I know you, you you summed it up when you say you're like a family. Uh, Paul, who runs the family business and and the shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, he he's he's really opening up, isn't he? He's kind. Oh, of, he's, he's tough he's to amazing. watch at time. He's amazing. He's, he's like, I clicked with Paul first day in Century when we were doing that show, the final Century. Yeah. Um, myself and Paul had a good chat and whatever. Like, it just so happened wherever we were on the day, we were sitting alongside each other and stuff like that. Uh, the lunch we wrote on the balcony chatting and downstairs when we were waiting for um, my cameraman's waiting outside now and he's not impressed. We've places to go. Okay, <laughs> okay. Tell him what you're coming. Go on, Craig. Finish up with Paul. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I, um, I get on great with Paul. Like, you know, so I he's a lovely amazing. guy. Oh, he is. He's amazing. Amazing dad, amazing husband, amazing leader, and an amazing friend. So, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with like, the, the four of the people I got to meet, you know, on this big journey, we'll say, not just like the top 20, but the final five. It's amazing. Like, we all just click, we gel so well. And you and will remain like, friends after this? We will remain friends till the bitter end. Till the bitter end. We, like, we're just, we just get on so well. I love, I love the way John it was you I think it was you or somebody said last night when, when the Operation Transformation leaders from last year came on oh, and they it was me it was you who said we come back next year we're going to smash it <laughs> <laughs> and I saw we were I saw Wayne O'Donnell uh, God, oh, Wayne, Wayne O'Donnell yeah God, but you oh, see he's they're very competitive yeah ones, and he's he's a sports fanatic yeah, you know he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 no you did, you did you did really well so two pounds this week should that be two pounds this week Two pounds this week, yeah. Walk in the park. That's what yeah. it'll be very Walk easy. Walk around y'all. We'll yeah. go with that and I'll see. I'll see how I get on. And the support is still out there for you. Support is amazing, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, y'all is going out again this Wednesday at 11 o'clock from the Keys Car Park. I won't be there, but um, everybody else will be out walking. If anybody wants to join them, they're going keeping it up. I'm not around for the next weekend. I'm in Dublin. Okay. But... Um, yeah, week three, I'm, I'm on the ball again. I'll be out doing that walk. And tonight I actually have other stuff planned because it's actually coming to the finale for me with my cameraman and stuff like that as well. So we're up the walls the next few days just okay. getting all tying up a few loose ends or whatever. 
um, a few things with the family and stuff like that. So I won't be able to make the GA walk either tonight. Okay, but, uh, but it's still going ahead. Is out. Yeah, it is. And nice that I haven't been there. The numbers are coming out in their throat. It's brilliant. Last night I was in Cashmore. It was amazing. The million steps, you know, for the communion one. Yeah. Um, we smashed the million steps over and above. It was crazy. It was just the atmosphere was unbelievable. It was brilliant. Listen, we're very proud of you. Let you get out your cameraman before he's a hissy fish and we'll talk to you again next <laughs> week, okay? But we're all rooting for you. Oh, and you happy so Valentine's Day oh, to you. happy Valentine's Day to you too. Take you. care, Pam. Bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, the lovely Pamela Swain joining us from the All Operation Transformation Leader. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We kicked off first hour of the programme by mentioning a cat, an elderly cat, 17, that's old for a cat that's a much-loved family pet called Holly that's missing from the Jamore area of Mallow since last weekend. Now, it's possibly straying on the Cork Road in the vicinity of Barry's Cat and Carrie and we're asking people to keep a lookout for it. It's the black and white uh, cat. Now, somebody's texting in saying, I heard you talking on your show about that missing cat. I've just seen an old-looking cat around the Church of the Resurrection in Mallow. And that was in the, the last hour. He looks like an old cat, but he definitely had two white hind legs. May not be the one that's missing. I've only seen this Holly from the, you know, a front picture and a black cat, white in her chest and white uh, shoes almost, you know, like her paws are just white. They're not, but I don't know about her hind legs. Could be mm, an elderly cat. Would a cat go that far? And even though, yes, and I think the answer to that is yes, cats do travel. So thank you for that. It is possible. And that's a, a sighting around the Church of the Re- Resurrection. But asking people around the Dremore area of Mallow, Cork Road, Barry's Cat and Carry, please keep a lookout for uh, Holly, somebody desperately, desperately, uh, a family trying to get their beloved cat home. Noreen in Mallow was on to us. She is looking for part-time work. Now, her dilemma is she is only able to work 15 hours per week as she has two children who need a lot of care and take up a lot of her time. But she would be able to slot in 15 hours work. That would actually suit. I'm assuming kind of like three hours a day, five days a week. That's what Noreen is thinking of. But she said anytime she applies for a job, she gets to the interview stage and they ask her about working hours. She said all of them, are looking for you to work 90 to 20 hours per week and that's just a little bit too much with the young children and the amount of care and attention that they they need. So she's wondering, does anybody know of any jobs out there, 15 hours a week, she would be interested in working, for example, as an SNA support. She also would be interested in retail work. She'd work in, in a shop. She's wondering, do companies out there offer 15 hours a week or is she simply wasting her time? Are all companies either looking for full time? Are they deemed part time 19 to 20 uh, hours? So we'll give it out to see. Uh, it, it, maybe you could let us know if you are working does your company, are you allowed to only work 15 hours a week or is Noreen wasting her time? Will all companies insist that if you're going to go down the part-time route, it has to be between 19 uh, to 20 hours. If you can help us there, please. Jim and Douglas was on. He got a scam text this morning stating that he was owed money back. Uh, the amount mentioned in the text was just over €200 Euro, and it was a link to, it was supposed to be from Argos. So it was a text basically saying that Argos, for some reason, owed Jim a refund. Now Jim said straight away, 
suspicion. He hasn't shopped in Argos in years. Uh, and I haven't heard of many people at Argos getting back on to say we've got money for you. Anyway, he reckons he had to click links and all that. Now, obviously, he didn't do that. He reckoned the next they were going to be looking for his bank details. And it did state that it could take up to three days to transfer funds uh, and all of that. Now, obviously, he, he cops straight away. It's a scam. But he said it was a scam he hadn't heard about before. So it obviously is a new type of scam. So keep a lookout for that. A text purporting to be from Argos trying to give you some kind of uh, a refund. It's not. It is a complete and uh, utter a scam. Now, the former Taoiseach Bertie Ahern said he had to bite his tongue a few, a few times. He was appearing before Brexit Westminster Committee in London yesterday. Now, obviously, while Bertie Ahern was appearing at this Westminster Committee, we had the Prime Minister insisting that the UK will be leaving on the 29th of March, despite suggestions that there could be a hold-up in the withdrawal process. But Theresa May is saying, no, 29th of May, that's when we are leaving. Now, Bertie Ahern was stressing to MPs the importance of the backstop in ensuring no return to a hard border on the island of uh, Ireland. Uh, but there was also some very interesting exchanges and I'm assuming this is one of the exchanges where Bertie, he did stop and reflect before he answered. But just take a listen. This was just some of the exchange that happened yesterday before the Brexit Westminster Committee in London. The Republic should rejoin the United Kingdom and that would solve all the problems What's your impression as to how these various suggestions have been received among the people of Ireland? Well, I just be big, big kind and say not very well. <laughs> um, I, I, I think you know. Listen, some some of the suggestions are, are, are put forward seriously, and, and, and you know, I, I, I look at, at those, but I, I think. Uh, a lot of effort has been put in by a lot of people over a lot of time. I'm not talking about myself. I'm just saying, you know, people, including people in this room, have put a lot of effort into trying to to develop a new relationship. Um, and I think the important thing, uh, unfortunately, we've an 800-year pass of of, of difficulties, um, and and that's just the reality of our history. What does frustrate me and others is that. There, there's a view that Northern Ireland is so um, is still um, intricately linked to the UK uh, in a way that ignores the Good Friday Agreement, and that's the bit that really upsets us because it's not. I mean, the parity esteem and the constitutional clauses that I said to you the question are absolutely paramount to this. If that wasn't the case, you could say um, that you know it, it, it was it was a different position. But it, it, it's not that position. I mean, Northern Ireland is not the same um, as any other part of the UK. It's just not. And, and that's the difficulty. I have to say, regardless of your views on Bertie Ahern, because it seems to be uh, Bertie Ahern sort of polarises people. You have people who absolutely adore him and you have people that absolutely hate him. But uh, yesterday he just made so much sense. And that discussion about should Ireland join the United Kingdom. There's actually a petition online suggesting that Ireland should rejoin the United Kingdom but I think Bertie in his answer nipped that immediately in the bud. 1850 C103 Jobs 
We have Fleming's uh, 4x4 in Boherbui. They've got a vacancy for a part-time bookkeeper. Full-time bar supervisor is wanted. That's at Albert Lynch's in Mallow. Childminder wanted for two babies, two to three days per week. And uh, electricians with industrial experience are wanted for the Ringeskiddy area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. Now, on our weekly nutritional slot, with Annalise Drussell, we've been highlighting the worrying decision by Revenue to change the zero VAT rate on all food supplements and apply a 23% rate instead. The new VAT rate comes in on March 1st, so in about two weeks' time. And ISME say there could be job losses and store closures. And Neil MacDonald is CEO of ISME and uh, Neil joins me. Good morning to you. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're, you're welcome. Is it the size of the VAT rate from zero to 23%? That is the real concern here. Um, obviously, that's part of it, Patricia. I mean, there's there's very few retail products that can sustain uh, a price rise of almost a quarter without consumers not reacting to it. Um, and that, coupled with the fact that Food supplements are, are are one of the retail products that are most commonly traded online. It's the combination of those two that means, you, you know, it's it's hugely ignorant of the revenue to even if they think that the twenty three percent VAT rate should be applied to these supplements, which uh, from a policy point of view we disagree with. But it's extremely naive of those people to think that they're actually going to collect that VAT because a, a very sizable chunk of that purchase will simply move online and out of the jurisdiction. Does it worry you that many of the supplements are consumed under medical super, supervision or medical advice? I, I, of course it does. I mean, th- this covers... Uh, when when we read some of the justifications, if I can call them that, coming out from the revenue, they they were using a, a, a rather derogatory expression like lifestyle issues and lifestyle choices. But what we're actually talking about in a great many uh, cases uh, are, are vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-3 fatty acids, um, folic acid, iron supplements. I mean, uh, folic acid and, and, uh, and iron supplements are almost always taken under medical advice or medical supervision. P- people just don't walk into a shop and decide they're going to start taking folic acid as a lifestyle choice, you know. It, uh, it, it's well, just folic acid is the big one that uh, women deciding to get pregnant, you know, yes. almost must take. It's, you know, and then when pregnant, they have to take the iron. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's also, this issue also tends to affect older people or, or, or people with uh, blood disorders and things like that. So um, an anemia is, is typically uh, dealt with by prescribing people uh, iron supplements. So what we have is some no doubt well-meaning people in revenue who've looked at this and decided that uh, this is a category of product that elsewhere is charged at, at 23% VAT and therefore it that, that VAT rate should apply across the board. But of course this isn't just a matter of taxation, this is a matter of public policy, it's a matter of health policy and realistically the people who should be actually making recommendations to Pascal Donoghue on this are, are people in the Department of Health and the HSE, not some anonymous tax person in the revenue. 
Will it be impossible for small businesses to absorb the costs? Well, I I can't speak to what the margin on these products is. Uh, So you're asking me effectively if they put up the price by 23%, A, will someone buy it? Or B, can they absorb a 23% increase in the price of the product and and not charge it out. I I, I wouldn't be in a position to say that to you, Patricia, but I very much doubt if people are making uh, a a margin on this product that would allow them to absorb a 23% increase. As you say, it's it's nearly a quarter of the cost. Yes, yes. Uh, So... Uh, um, one way or another, either it becomes uneconomic for them to continue to do so uh, if if they absorb that price increase, or they attempt to pay, pass it on to the consumer, and the consumer refuses to pay and goes elsewhere. People on low incomes, um, and certainly we've been contacted by some elderly people who are on a fixed income, may stop buying or will start limiting the amount they take. Now we've had some listeners contact us who are fearful, then they'll end up. Uh, sick, they'll end up having to go to their doctor more, they'll end up having to go into hospital, you know, they can lead to health issues. This could ultimately end up costing the HSE more. And and these are the aspects of public policy that are not being dealt with. That's precisely the point we're making, Patricia. It is utterly inappropriate for someone within within the revenue who is purely looking at this from a tax policy point of view, not to take a holistic view of this, this will impact many areas of public policy. Uh, and it is utterly inappropriate that people who are not versed in those areas of public policy and don't understand them, it's completely inappropriate that those people can just capriciously and, and willy-nilly impose a 23% uh, uh, VAT charge on something that has been zero rated since 1972. It just doesn't make sense. And revenue say some traders are exploiting the concession by applying it to all products. But that to me seems an unfair reason to target all traders. Well, I am not aware of of that if the the revenue have have said that. You know, what, what a store, what a retail unit charges for its product is a matter for the retail unit. As, as you're probably aware, if a trade association was to take a view on the charging policy of of any retailer, uh, we would be having a visit from the enforcement authorities in, in the uh, CCPC. Uh, they, they take a very strong view on anti-competitive practices. Uh, and I would think they would probably have a word with people in the revenue as well. Mm. So what what health stores charge for these products is a matter for those health stores. But if if the revenue comes knocking on the door for 23% VAT on those products, it will have an immediate uh, and severe effect on, on the sales of those products. Do you know, has an impact study been conducted? Not to our knowledge, and that, that's a, an absolutely key uh, part of any change in regulations. There's meant to be a thing called a regulatory impact assessment. Uh, and, and the reason why you need a holistic view of these things is not alone is there an issue about the recoverability of that. Uh, you know, people who make this kind of simplistic straight line assumption that you put 23% VAT on this and therefore the the exchequer is going to be richer by X number of million euro. But what the uh, the health 
store owners have said is they employ uh, hundreds of people uh, throughout their networks. Those people are currently um, paying PAYE, PRSI and USC. And if there are reductions in employment levels within the health store networks, that will represent, an, in our view, this will result in a net loss to the exchequer uh, because of the reduction in the, the, the loss of employment. Okay, Jennifer said this news is truly shocking and is going to affect so many people because so many people buy vitamins and minerals. Actually, I was looking at, I think it was an iReach survey showing 71% of Irish people buy vitamins and minerals and other food supplements all year round. I mean, a lot of people buy these products. Of course they do, and and the zero VAT rate has become an embedded expectation. People don't even, uh, I'm sure, like most of your listeners, I didn't even realise that a zero VAT rate applied to them. Uh, You know, it's just what you pay in the store. But what you will know is, because some of these, as, as they are currently sold, are quite expensive. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, even though they are zero rated, and if you go in and you see what's nearly a quarter, uh, a, a, a quarter uh, increase in cost, that is going to be very noticeable and very painful, and it will impact consumer behavior. There's no question of it. Okay, and what are you hearing from uh, from your members from from health uh, stores? I mean, could it get as bad as that? That some will be forced to close. Whether they'll be forced to close or simply to contract, or or some of them just start, you know, they start going on online themselves and let go their their front of house workforce. This will affect different health stores in different ways. Uh, so there, there isn't going to be a one-size-fits-all solution to this. But what we're hoping for is an outbreak of common sense uh, by the revenue and from the Department of Finance and that they actually start engaging on a, a, on a policy consultation on a wider basis than just on the, on, on, on the VAT basis. And a question from a listener, is it just health food stores or will it also cover pharmacies? 
Uh, I understand that it's across the board. It's yeah. not the point of sale. That's the issue. It's the product class. Yeah, because you can buy some of those vitamins in, in the supermarket. They're on the supermarket shows. Yes, they can. So and, be, uh, it's as, across as, the board. As, uh, exactly. As we understand, it is the product itself that is zero rated, not the, 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 the locus of sale. Uh, we were highlighting, and I know a lot of our listeners signed up to an online petition. To, is there any chance that this there will be a U-turn on this before the uh, first of March? I would like to think that uh, that uh, there will be a sensible reaction from the revenue and from Pascal Donoghue to this. Uh, it, I understand that it came as a surprise uh, to the finance minister that this was been done, and this shows the danger uh, of people who aren't actually. Uh, familiar with with wider policy issues, taking decisions like this without consultation, um, it it shouldn't have happened. It was unprofessional, and hopefully before the first of March, we can we can get some common sense on this. Okay, Pierce on our Twitter feed said, "This is disgraceful. I spend about a hundred euro a month between the vitamins and minerals I take. It's now being made more expensive just to try to live a healthy lifestyle." And Rita in Middleton says. We who are choosing to take these uh, vitamins, they're helping to boost our immune system, which in turn reduces our visits to the local GP. GP. That's taking pressure off the GP network and in turn is taking pressure off our hospitals. Now, we'll either be forced to pay more, but for those that can't afford to pay more, you will see more of them going into the GP network because they will become uh, sick. Okay, that's just a sample of some of the calls we're getting in. Uh, Neil, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Thank you. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, Bye-bye to you. That is uh, Neil MacDonald, who is the CEO of ISME, the Irish Small and Medium uh, Enterprise. We will continue to monitor this story. As I say, we've been talking about it for many months because Annalise Dressel, our nutritional therapist, first drew our attention to it. Heidi, one of our listeners in West Cork, has also so being all over this story she feels really strongly about it I see her whatsapping us saying Patricia this government is probably being lobbied by the pharmaceutical company remember they took St John's wort off the market and other supplements but most supplements have no side effects as some of these drugs uh, as some of these drugs were given in most cases the pharmaceuticals will take from the homeopathic meds and then create drugs that doctors will uh, one day give the St John's Worth I remember at the time caused consternation because if you go across the water to the United Kingdom or if you go across the border to Northern Ireland you can buy St John's uh, Worth it's, it's one of the things that they just uh, took off the market here and caused a, a, a lot of upset because there were many people take St John's Worth for low mood and depression and anxiety and don't like the idea of going down the pharmaceutical route don't want to be taking a lot of antidepressants for example and they found something as natural as St John's Worth relieved their symptoms and then the powers that be decided that no I mean at the time you could be cynical and say pharmaceutical companies weren't making enough money off it and it got taken off the market and there was you know but yet as I say you, you can go to Northern Ireland and you can get it or you can go across the water uh, to uh, England and pick it up there. Thank you to somebody, and I was going to give this a mention. This day, 14th of February, 1981. The reason we're remembering that day, this day in 1981, was the day that the Stardust fire uh, happened in Artane. Uh, 840 young people were attending that Valentine's Night disco when the blaze uh, broke out. It resulted in the deaths of 48 people. 
and uh, 214 more were injured. The average age of the 48 people uh, who died were just 19. 19, goodness me. There were so many young people on this day in 1981 got dressed up to go out to the, you know, wonderful Valentine's uh, disco and they never came home. They never came home and their families are still fighting to try to find out exactly what happened uh, to them. So let us remember, please, the 48 victims, their families and indeed the 214. There was many of them uh, who deal with the injuries from the Stardust fire and they deal with it still today. And Philip says, Patricia, in light of the ongoing Brexit stuff that's going on, it might be worth noting that today, apart from being St. Valentine's Day, is also a special day for Saints Cyril and Matthias, who were established by Pope John Paul II as co-patrons of Europe with St. Benedict. Goodness me, we need to be praying to them at the moment, shouldn't we, with everything that's going on. In Anthony, this interesting Limerick uh, was listening to my chat with uh, Gene from Operation Transformation. Well, he was listening to me talking about uh, Gene. He was listening to Pamela from uh, our YAL leader on Operation Transformation. And Anthony wants to wish the best of luck to Jean on Operation Transformation. We will all miss her, but best of luck with the pregnancy. Yeah, I think the whole nation will be willing Jean on in this pregnancy. She's had such a tough year, bless her heart, and she will be missed. But no doubt they'll keep us updated on how she's doing. Thank you for your text, Anthony, to 0862 103 103. You need to go to Bantengar, the station, where I'm joined by Sergeant Trino Manny uh, for this week's. Uh, guard the file. Uh, good morning to you, Trina. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome to the programme. Now, we start with uh, thefts uh, starting in with in the Kilbritton area. That's right, Patricia. Um, this theft occurred um, sometime between 9pm on Thursday, the 7th of February 2019 and 9am on Friday, the 8th of February. Guardi in Kilbritton are investigating that. It occurred in a farm in that area and during that incident, two galvanised gates were actually taken from a field. So if anyone has any information about that, they might have seen um, anything in the area that was suspicious to them or they might have even been offered those for sale sometime in the meantime. We've asked them to contact the Guardian at Bandon on 023-885-2200. And that happened overnight, so it would have been suspicious to see somebody travelling around with galvanised gates in the middle of the night wouldn't it it should should draw somebody's attention and you would need transport exactly absolutely and these would be quite large heavy obviously um, gates so if you know if they were transported in the back of a trailer or something they would have been again they would have, have drawn somebody's attention if they had seen them passing an unusual theft isn't it in itself I suppose it is, yes, but I suppose the items may be, you know, desirable and probably would be um, something that could be sold on. Yeah. Uh, you know, so shocking, shocking. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. go from there to criminal damage, this time Kinsale Gardaí. That's right. Uh, the Gardaí in Kinsale are investigating damage which was caused to window boxes. These were on display at a private residence in Kinsale Town and it happened sometime between 11pm on Friday the 8th of February and 10am on Saturday the 9th of February. Um, so, you know, look, this is an, an example of needless vandalism and if anyone has any information regarding that, we would appreciate a call. Um, the Guardian can sale can be reached at 021-477-9250. Horrible when you hear, when you hear that, that happening, it really is. Now, some cars have uh, been stolen in the West Cork area. That's right. Um, a number of vehicles have been the subject of 
what we would describe as unauthorised takings in the West Cork area over the last number of weeks. Um, the first one I'll mention there is in Clannacilty, a silver Mercedes-Benz E-Series saloon uh, was taken between 4.30am and 12.25pm on the 10th of February. That was just last Sunday morning. Um, that vehicle was later actually located in the Ballinhasig area um, on Tuesday morning. So, you know, perhaps somebody saw something suspicious around those times. That vehicle would have been a 132 uh, registration on it. And then a transit van? That's right. A um, Ford transit van. To the 3rd of February, a Ford transit van was also the subject of an unauthorised taken from the Clannacilty town area. That would have occurred between sometime between 3am and 7am on the 3rd of February, which was a, also a Sunday morning, but the, we'd say the previous weekend. Mm. Um, that vehicle would be distinctive in that it was bearing the Energia logo. So, you know, um, it may be it stood out to somebody in some way as being suspicious in that area. Or Again, to see an, an Energia van driving around in the early hours of the morning might have raised some suspicions. It might, indeed, yeah. yes. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that hasn't been located yet. So okay. if anyone out there may have seen something on that morning, or as I said, in the in the meantime, that might have seemed in any way suspicious, or if they believe they have any information of any kind, you know, possible sightings or anything, um, we would ask them to get in touch with us, anything at all. Okay, and then an energy van parked in an out of the way place uh, exactly, should raise suspicions. Absolutely. Now, something yeah. that I know we certainly dealt with here in the program and, and gave publicity to it was the theft from items in cars. It, it's rarely that we get a week doing this slot where something isn't stolen from a car and we're constantly reminding people. But this, yeah. was, this was almost like a blitz that was done in West Cork. Indeed. Yeah, yes, unfortunately. Um, as you said, I'm sure your listeners are already aware, but we do want to highlight, highlight this again. Um, in Clannacilty area, or around the Clannacilty town area, sorry, uh, between the 2nd and the 3rd of February 2019, a total of 22 thefts from cars were reported wow. to us. Yes, wow. um, which is, you know, a very high number. And on the following night, or, you know, into the following days, uh, a total of 16 thefts from cars were reported in the um, Kinsale, Belgooley, Riverstick areas. That would have been between the 3rd and 4th of February. So, you know, a, a very large number of, of tests being reported there. I won't go into the specific details of each of those incidents, but I would outline that there were various items taken. And in the majority of cases, you're looking at cash amounts, you know, varying from very small amounts of coins that were visible in the cars to larger sums taken from wallets or glove compartments. Um, you know, I would want to take an opportunity I suppose, to reassure your listeners and any of those people who are listening who might have been affected by those incidents that a full investigation is underway and very much ongoing um, at this point. But what I would also say is that, again, it just highlights the absolute necessity that, you know, for more awareness in respect of the security of our personal belongings and vehicles. Um, unfortunately, there is a common thread running through a very large number of these incidents and that being that vehicles are being left unlocked, our property has been left on view, leaving them, you know, extremely vulnerable to being targeted for theft. Um, unfortunately, criminals have become aware of that and, you know, that cars are being left unlocked and are willing to travel to target such vulnerable vehicles, you know, two different areas, in some cases in broad daylight, and focus on an area at a time, as we have seen, you know, here in these two instances, Um and this is really because accessibility is being made so easy due to the lack of security measures often being adopted by the owners of cars, you know. So I suppose 
with that in mind, we plead with everybody to ensure that when getting out of your cars, whether to park up, you know, at home for the night or if you're just running into the shop for a quick errand or indeed if you're leaving your car in a public recreation area to go for a walk or something like that, just take a moment and and conduct a few checks. And I suppose yeah, and the and the thing is the the I mean we've no way of knowing who's involved in this, but if it's a gang, they can target an area and like literally run around a housing estate or a shopping centre wherever these cars are parked, literally just going from car to car to car quickly scanning which car is open and they're in and out and they're gone. It literally is seconds. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That is exactly the, the problem. And because of that, that access, excuse me, that accessibility is so easy and because it's so quick, you know, people don't necessarily, the alarm doesn't get raised until, you know, often a number of hours or even the following day. Yeah, and you'd be surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed when I'm parked in a garage watching people, the number of people who will fill up their cars and just, you know, we all have to go into pay, but don't lock, don't lock their cars. And I know exactly. the, you, you, the people say, only, I'm only going to be, you know, a matter of minutes going into pay. But in those few minutes, if you've left a handbag or a wallet or a phone, whatever it is, it, it can be gone just while you're in the garage paying for your petrol. Exactly. That's all it takes is those couple of minutes. And it is, you know, it is those vulnerable vehicles that are being the target of these types of incidents. They're easy pickings. They are easy pickings. Exactly. Okay, you've got a a sort of a checklist for people to think about. Yeah, and I suppose we all need to do this. You know, this is for myself, for yourself, for everybody. You know, when you are getting out of your car, um, again, no matter what the reason being, whether it's for a short or long period of time, just take a moment, check, are all my windows and doors locked? If I have an alarm in the car or an immobiliser, is it set? You know, those are two absolute musts. And then consider if there's anything of value on view in the car, cash, laptops, mobile phones, cameras, etc. Obviously, we need to make sure that we do not leave anything like that on view in a car. And, you know, people need to bear in mind that with laptops and stuff, the data contained within that might be very attractive to a thief as well as the actual item, you know, itself. And the other thing that people need to remember as well is to, check just are there any personal documents in the car you know things like your driving license bank statements passports utility bills etc make sure that you're not leaving those items in your car and really we would recommend that people never carry those in their car unless obviously they need to you know to carry out their normal business but um, those items can facilitate things like identity theft and give criminals access to you know your address and things like that so obviously you need to make sure you're not carrying those unnecessarily Um, the other thing we would say to people is don't leave items under the seat. Um, this is not a secure location. So if you do need to carry or store property in your vehicle, place it in the boot and do that at a location other than the place where you intend to park. So it won't be seen putting things from the front compartment in your car into the boot where you're actually going to leave your car then. Um, I suppose to sum up, make sure your car is locked and don't leave your personal uh, personal belongings sorry, in your car when you don't need to. Okay, and one of the tips that I only learned a few years ago when somebody, a friend of mine's car was broken into and the items taken from the boot, if if most of us have fobs now to lock our cars, if you double click it, it means if somebody does break into your car, they can't pop the boot. But if you've only clicked once, they can open the car and get into the boot. It's it's just a small little crime prevention thing. Okay, and there's more available on the the crime prevention website, uh, garda.ie. That's correct. Yes, okay. for sure. All right. And a happy Valentine's Day to everybody at Bandon Garden Station. Thank you.
thank you very much. <laughs> and if you to yourself there and all your listeners. Okay, have a good day, Trina. Thank you for thank that. You. Thanks thank for joining you. us. That is Sergeant Trina Mahoney from Bantingar the State. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We're still getting reaction to the piece that we did earlier about revenue. Deciding to increase the amount of that people will have to pay on food supplements. It's vitamins, minerals, fish oils, probiotics, to name but a few. From the 1st of March, it's currently at a zero rate. All of those items will go up by 23%. I thought actually when we were talking with uh, Ismay, uh, about this uh, issue because obviously uh, Neil Macdonald is worried about small businesses because of those health shops. They're small little independent stores and a lot of f- pharmacies are going to be affected by this as well. Do you know when he put it an item going up by a quarter I've never heard of any sort of an increase where an item would go up by a quarter I and mean, we've, we've seen things go up over the years but I think that's what makes this particular VAT Um, I I think this is what makes this worse the fact that it's been set at zero and has been at zero for the last 40 years suddenly now literally overnight on the 1st of March it'll go from a zero rate VAT to 23% and Simon on the breakfast show this morning who regularly takes vitamins and minerals says he's already stocking up and I'm assuming that a number of other people are doing that as well Kathleen and Bantry says if you're eating a properly balanced diet uh, then you shouldn't need vitamins and Kathleen wonders are they just a waste of money but she does say that her doctor will tell her at different times of the year, usually during flu season, winter months and that, to take various uh, vitamins. Uh, And he says, if you're on a proper diet, your body won't require uh, the supplements. But I think there's a case to be made, um, and I think your doctor would probably agree with you, Kathleen, on this, that sometimes with some of the vitamins, no matter how well you are eating, you can't get enough of the vitamins in. I mean, a lot of people will say that they survive during the winter and flu seasons by taking additional vitamin C. Now, you can take vitamin C in tablet form. You get a huge amount of vitamin C into you. There's no way you could drink enough orange juice or eat enough oranges or other foodstuffs that are rich in vitamin C to get the equivalent of what you will get in one tablet. So I think there are certain types of vitamins and minerals. You've no other way whether, you know, if you've got a properly balanced diet, which is what we, what everyone is encouraged to do, but it just isn't possible to get the amount you need in. Probiotics is another one. There's no way you could get enough probiotics uh, into you if, you know, if you've been on an antibiotic and all the probiotics uh, in your, your, your system has been washed out with the antibiotics Antibiotic. The only way to get those the good, the good probiotics back into your tummy and into your digestive system is by taking tablet form. So it isn't always the case that you can say, "Oh, all vitamins are a waste of money." Let's just eat a properly balanced uh, diet. This is Norma in Mitchellstown says we pay. She pays monthly the drugs, you know, the drugs refund uh, scheme. She included in her prescription is a prescription for B12 tablets that her doctor insists that she must have, but she has to pay for them separately. They're not included in the drugs refund uh, scheme. So she pays the €134 and then has to pay additionally for the B12. Now those, that's a typical example, those B12 tablets which are her doctor telling her she must take them. She obviously has a low B12 count. She will now have to pay 23% extra on top of whatever she's already paying. But just on that issue, Norma said she always thought that if a doctor prescribes them, they should be covered under uh, the scheme. But they're not. She pays the 134, which will go down to 124, might I add, uh, in uh, April. 
it does seem unfair that some of those items are not covered. It's the same with the medical card. People who get a medical card and will get the majority of their tablets free while they pay a prescription uh, charge. But there are some items that people have to pay for. And I take it B12 uh, is the same as that. Also, while she's on to us this morning on this issue, Norma wants to have a bit of a rant about the drugs payment uh, scheme. She doesn't like the fact that she's paying €134 a month for her medication and she doesn't like the fact that she's offered generic drugs. She feels that when she's paying €134, she shouldn't be given generic brands as she feels some of the generic brands are tougher to uh, swallow. Well, if you say that to your... I know if you're on a medical card you can opt not to have the generic brand and your doctor just has to write on it do not substitute I don't know if what's the case with the drug refund scheme I'm assuming you've spoken to your pharmacist I thought that if you're paying a drug the drug purchase scheme then you treat it as a private patient I think if you have a chat with your pharmacist wherever you get your medication from and tell them that you're having a problem swallowing a, a particular brand I'm sure then they will revert back and they, they won't force you to take the generic brand and if that doesn't work certainly have a chat with your doctor and get your doctor to write on your prescription not to substitute and uh, certainly that will work uh, for you Paddy says uh, Patricia instead of expensive vi- vitamins why not eat foods that are rich in them yeah we're encouraging people to do that but unfortunately there will be certain cases where you won't have any choice. I mean, I thought the Ismay example was a good one on the folic acid. I mean, somebody who is trying to get pregnant, young women are always told, go on the folic acid, no matter how much of a balanced diet or how much rich foods they eat, they won't get enough folic acid to protect their babies. They have to take them. And the same when they're pregnant, no matter how much iron-rich foods they take, while they're pregnant they're always going to have to take iron so it's not as simple as saying just have your balanced uh, diet some stores said Anthony have to charge more than others due to localisation and where they are positioned but the taxman charges 13% on a burger and chips and now he's decided he or she the tax man, tax woman, has decided that 23% on something that's good for you and saving the public health service, it all seems a bit nuts to uh, Anthony. You go get your burger and it'll only check, your VAT will only be 13% and then you go down to get your vitamins and minerals and it will be set at 23%. And I have to say this text made me smile. Hi Patricia. If that particular revenue employee who has the imagination to seek such possibilities as health products as a way of increasing taxation and getting extra money into the exchequer if that person whoever it was who came up with it was redeployed to the cost control of the children's hospital just stop and think of the savings they could make he would probably start at the beginning and go to a greenfield site uh, where costs would immediately be halved yeah. <laughs> whoever, he's, he's, whoever he or she is uh, very creative I can say that but let's hope in the next two weeks that something can change and that whoever decided that revenue will start to see sense. And the end of that text says, P.S. I forgot to add, this is when I was talking about Bertie Hearn earlier on and saying, you know, Bertie Hearn is one of those figures, you either love him or you hate him, but he certainly is flying the flag for Ireland when it comes to uh, Brexit. This text just says, I will probably never forgive Bertie for shoving himself into a TV box, but at least he uh, his continued commitment to Ireland and Northern, Northern Ireland mellows me out a bit. So I'm starting to 
soften. And that got me thinking, Bertie shoving himself into a TV box. And then who remembers the the ad, I'm assuming, is what you're talking about. I had to do a quick Google search to find out when was that ad on TV. It was actually back in 2010. It was when Bertie O'Hearn appeared on a TV ad. He was in a kitchen cupboard. Remember that? And the ad at the time was for the News of the World. He was doing sports commentary, wasn't he, on the, on the News of the World? And there was a lot of criticism. Uh, so thank you for reminding me of that. And when we're talking about prescription charges, somebody says, Patricia, shop around between chemists. Uh, two uh, chemists in one North Cork town, there was 2250 of a difference on the same prescription. That's a, a strange one. I thought I thought they were almost at a set price, you know, slight variation, but twenty two fifty. That is a huge, huge uh, difference. Eighteen fifty, three 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 one zero three. Now, Cork Senator Tim Lambert, who is a member of the Oireachtas Committee on Communications, is behind a campaign asking people to stop using their smartphones when socialising with friends and families on one and on what is the most romantic day of the year. We've inv- invited Senator Tim Lambert to join us. Good afternoon to you, Tim. Good morning, or good afternoon. And a happy Valentine's Day to you, by the way. And today of all days, are you encouraging people to please take on board your message? There will be many people heading out for a meal tonight. I might be even just sitting at home having a nice romantic meal. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's probably a bit of courtesy more than anything else. And it's amazing how this um, mobile phones have become nearly a part of our body or a part of our life in many ways. We're continuously online, continuously scrolling through stuff. And it became very apparent to me over Christmas period about the amount of friends I was out with and people I wouldn't have met in maybe a year. And we were they were literally scrolling through the phone instead of engaging. So um, tonight and for Valentine's Day, I was kind of saying, if you are going out with your loved ones, you know, do you know, maybe leave your mobile phone at home or just turn it off because it is a special day. It's a day that you're going to spend or, or an evening you're going to spend with your loved one. And to me, the mobile phone shouldn't be a part of that. And it has become such a part of our lives that we are. it's amazing to think that we're so connected to society, but we're still so lonely in many, many ways. Yeah, and in the last few weeks, you've suggested the idea of phone-free pubs and restaurants. What reaction are you getting to that? Very good, actually. And, you know, in many ways, I just kind of started to debate and I kind of started people realising how much time they're actually on mobile phones. And, um, like, I'm kind of stuck to my phone half the time as well. And, like, I was able to see that I was spending screen time, actually time on my phone, energy up to six hours a day. And when you actually look at those figures, you go, that's absolutely That's a bizarre. lot of screen time. It's a bizarre scenario. But, but I assume a lot of that's work-related. Totally, and I think yeah. that's important too. But I was in, I was chairing a debate yesterday in the Shannon about loneliness, and it was amazing to hear some of the actual um, people and the testimony they gave about people who might be so interactive on social media, but mightn't have spoken to a person for days. Wow. And it was literally text, WhatsApp, Twitter, Facebook but physically not after sitting down talking to a person. And uh, it's not just, you know, young people or old people, but there was um, a testimony given by a college student who's been from Thursday to Tuesday without speaking to nobody, but she was on social media and she, you know, obviously the, the story was that she didn't feel connected to anyone. So social media is a kind of false kind of society. All your friends on Facebook, you've many friends, I've many friends on Facebook, 
if you had a tragedy tomorrow morning, how many would be there for you? It's very, very hard to see, you know. Yeah. So we're yeah. just in that space at the moment. And what I'm trying to do is, I'm not trying to be a dictator and, you know, tell people don't be on your mobile phone so much, but just to be aware of how much time we're spending on this device because it is so new to us. Like 10 years ago, if I told you I was spending six hours a day on the phone, you'd think I was absolutely off my joke. Yeah, but yeah. The world has changed. And I think the real danger is it's the younger generation coming up because they've grown up with it. We haven't. They've grown up with this and it's almost become the norm, hasn't it? I mean, you, you, you notice that when you're out. If you look around at young people socialising, all sitting around a table, having a meal, having a few drinks, they'll all be on their smartphones. Yeah, and this terminology of talking to you, and it's amazing. I, I, you know, you do have an awful lot of reps in the office, but people said I was talking to you there about this, and I was talking to you about that. But that could have been a Facebook message. That could have been a text message or a WhatsApp. Like, to me, talking is physically having the interaction, but to the younger generation, it's literally a text message. So um, I do think we're kind of... It's a space we just need to be so careful of. And the World Health Organization have issued recommendations again last year about overusage of mobile phones and what it's doing to us, whether it's gambling addiction. Like, in many ways, you could be in a world your own on your phone, connected to everyone, but unfortunately very, very lonely on the other side of it. Yeah, Declan. Oh, this is Councillor Declan Hurley says, uh, Hi Trish, I'm just listening to Senator Tim Lombard speaking there. The Vienna Woods Hotel in Cork are offering to take couples' mobile phones tonight and look after them while they treat themselves to a night out. And they're actually offering a drink on the house if they t- if couples take up the hotel on the offer. If that's well done. I think that is an amazing idea. And fair yeah, play and that's a, simp- that's a simple one. But obviously there's hoteliers they're seeing the problems that are being created by people sitting at a table barely communicating. And that is, and like for barmen or for people who are involved in that trade itself, they sit back and they watch it and they, talking to like Kinsale, the Restaurant for Federation people and all this, they were just saying the amount of people that come in for a meal, two people and both of them sit there scrolling through whatever social media and then maybe look at a video and then going back into their own world again like it's a bizarre society we're living in and like we're not trying to legislate it out but in many ways I do think the information is important people need to know how much time they're actually on these devices and I think that's one of the things I've been talking about in the Shannon um, the mobile phone provider I have they tell me every week my, my daily average and I won't tell you what I was before Christmas like an awful shock when I okay. first heard it but like I'm now down to six hours so I'm actually kind of controlling my usage to some degree but I do think that piece of information needs to be made available to everyone because then they can sit back and think is this normal? Is this really how I want to spend my life having a quarter of the day on the mobile phone? So uh, I just think it's about informing people of how much time's on the mobile phone. But tonight is about Valentine's night. It's about you know, going out for dinner with your loved one if you have the opportunity and in many ways, what I'd be kind of saying is leave your mobile phone at home or, you know, just turn it off and yeah. enjoy the company of your loved one for this occasion. And maybe that might set a trend going forward that people just become conscious of the amount of time they're on mobile phones. And in many ways, even though you're sitting in front of your loved one, you're not really communicating and it's about trying to do that. 
Yeah, just just get talking to people. And this whole, but you're gaining a lot of traction, aren't you, on this on this oh, particular yeah, yeah, issue? It's gone very well. And do you know, some people thought I was mad at the start. I'll never forget my brother Aidan rang me, thought I was absolutely off my chuck. But <laughs> um, it's beginning to build traction, absolutely. Um, the Anchor Bar, Don't Quote McSherry, like they're doing very well off the back. But, like, because they were people, one of the first. They'd, yeah, yeah, they stepped forward and they got great traction out. And, you know, people now go there because they know the mobile phones aren't on and they and that's a real debating bar. It's like a debating society in many ways. So, like, that's the kind of thing that you want to be promoting, that if you were to go out for a drink and if, you know, meet up, have a chat with your neighbour, have a chat with a person who just walks in the door, engage, have that kind of communication that Ireland is, fam- is famous for. And I do think we were losing that a little bit, you know, this kind of Irish culture that whoever you are in the bar, we talk to you, rather than huddled in corners with mm. your devices. And I think that's been very, very positive too. And we're seeing a problem in, in our schools. I mean, I've done countless interviews about the amount of smartphone use with children and that's unfortunately getting younger. There was a time when we were talking about teenagers. I think the last interview we did we spoke about children as young as eight and a survey coming out showing how many eight-year-olds have access. If they don't own a smartphone themselves, they have access to a tablet at home where, oh, they, yeah. can, where they can get online and that brings a whole host of, of different worries. But whenever the, the argument comes up about schools and secondary schools and trying to ban the mobile phone, you'll have parents jumping in saying, oh, we need to be able to contact them. And my argument always on that is, how, what happened when we went to school and there wasn't a mobile phone? Do you, do you need like, how urgently does a parent need to contact a child during school hours I actually don't think there's a need for that I think when they're in a secure environment like the school they're under the, the care and the control of the school board of management you're expecting that they will take care of your child for that occasion um, but you're so correct about um, children under 10 getting mobile phones and it's it's a bizarre space we're in and I think parents need to educate themselves on how they can actually control devices, mobile phones, tablets. We have a thing now at home that you can turn off a tablet after 10 minutes when they go to bed. They can um, they listen to a kind of book and then they can, it turns off after 10 minutes. But my little eight-year-old can override that. I found that out last week. So oh, it'll, goodness. So you're continuously on the road just trying to make sure you're ahead of the posse, ahead of them all, you know. Yeah. Um, but like for parents, it's a real learning curve. Like from our generation to where we are now, yeah. the world has moved totally. And this idea of saying, oh, well, whatever, that's not good enough. We really need to be ahead of the posse. We need to know more than the kids. And that is the that is a major challenge for us. Yeah, because yeah, this is the generation that's growing up with it. I mean, it never ceases to amaze me when you see a baby swipe a phone. You know, you'll actually see the child swipe across thinking, oh my God, it's a young baby and it already knows what to do when it gets an Apple product into its hand, it swipes across. Yeah, and you'd be worried about the actual technology of books. Will will we lose that kind of feel? Oh, I would hate that. Will we lose that feel of a book in our hand and we'll all have our our laptops and we'll be reading the book on the page, on on the screens. And I think that's a real important thing that we just need to... Look, technology is brilliant. Technology yeah. can do so much things for us, but if you're dyslexic or all the way through, and it really is a key part of our society. All I'm trying to say here is we just need to be aware that maybe overuse of it is something we need to be conscious of. And for the day that's in it, do you know, maybe turn off your mobile phone if you have the opportunity to go out tonight. Okay, listen, enjoy it yourself. Have you anything planned? 
uh, we've an eight-year-old birthday party <laughs> correlated to this. Oh, happy birthday. Okay. Well, enjoy that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks Cheers. a million, Tim. Bye-bye. That is uh, Fianna Gael Senator uh, Tim Lambert. And actually, on the bottom of his uh, email that he, press release that he sent in about this issue today, there was a piece at the bottom, roses are red, violets are blue, ditch the phone and I'll talk to you. So let's try and get people to ditch the phone and talk to your loved one instead. Uh, get your pet questions in, please, for uh, Jane, our resident vet, 1850-333-103. Text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Margaret and Darren agrees this Patricia. Here's a funny one for the day that's in it for Valentine's Day. A couple in their living room sipping wine out of the blue. The wife says, I love you. Is that you or the wine talking, asks the husband. It's me, says the wife, but it's the wife I'm talking to, not you. Hi, Martina here. Join me every weekday from 4 to 7 for Drive Time, where I'll keep you up to date on all the latest traffic information. We'll spread some positivity with our feel-good story and song of the day. And of course, we'll be serving up a generous portion of Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And an email to Patricia at c103.ie. This is on the young people and using the use of smartphones and how they communicate between each other. Councillor John O'Sullivan says, Hi Patricia, I spoke to a lady recently. She told me she, was, she had collected her teenage daughter and two of her daughter's friends one night after the disco. She said there was complete silence in the car on the way home. When the friends were dropped off, her daughter started to tell her what the friends had said. The mother said, why weren't you speaking to one another in the car? And the daughter said, we were. We were texting one another, sitting in the same car. It just phone, just shows, uh, says John, how phones are taken over. Why wow, unreal. And I think a lot of parents will identify with that, sitting in the car and the children texting each other. Noreen had contacted us earlier this morning. She was the lady looking for part-time work. She wants to work about 15 hours. She can't work any more than 15 hours because she's got young children to look after. But she said any job she's going for, uh, the employers are looking for you to work 19 to 20 hours per week. She's wondering, is she wa- wasting her time or are there employers out there that will employ you just employ you to just work 15 hours? She would be interested in work as a support to an SNA or she, retail work. She'd be interested in work in a shop. Well, somebody says, I've been looking for work for the last two years as I'm on a dis- disability allowance uh, and not a chance. Most employers are hiring, but they're looking for you to work 20 to, to, 20 to 25 hours per week. I am a, a carer. Um, well, so if you're on disability allowance, you're, you've got to work. You've got, that's the 19 hour rule, isn't it? You'd have to earn under 19 hours or you'd lose your, your disability allowance. Anyway, uh, this text says you wouldn't have a hope of getting 15 uh, hours and also, she says, you can't earn anything more than €120. Euro. I'm, I'm assuming that's is that because your disability allowance is means-tested, which is slightly different to what Noreen isn't in a situation like that. It's just she can't find work where, you'd only be, uh, where she'd only be able to do the 15 uh, hours. That's all the time allows for her uh, during the week. And I've had an email in from South Africa asking me, could I say hi to Zoe and Ruth Farley? who are pupils at Kilavolen School. And yesterday was Grandparents' Day. And Zoe and Ruth Farley's grandparents are actually in South Africa. <laughs> they took time to send an email to say lots of love to you both and hope you're not giving your teachers too much stress. Sorry we're a bit late with this message this year. 
but we are early for next year's Grandparents Day and that's lots of love techno and go-go so hi to techno and go-go in South Africa very proud grandparents to Zoe and Ruth uh, Farrelly and happy Grandparents Day This is the Cork Today replay on C103 Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me in studio. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon. And you're very welcome. Questions for Jane, please. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And people have already been calling John Paul at 1850 including Derek in Mallow. Can dogs get dry fur? My dog's fur is kind of falling off and the skin underneath looks scaly. Could this happen and why? He's an indoor dog, a collie, three-year-old male, and he is neutered. Thank you. And thank you, Derek, for giving us the information, so much information, which mm. is always good. I think this is an interesting one. So very much similar to how we can get dry, scaly skin, particularly in the cold weather. We do find that dogs and cats can have a similar problem at certain times of the year. It almost looks like dandruff, little scales of dead skin. So I, I expect from Derek's description that's what's happening here. Now... There's lots of things we can do to help out with this, actually. Um, Very much like ourselves, we might put on like a hand moisturiser. If we did just have scaly skin or like myself, when I'm washing my hands all of the time in the clinic, I get really, really cracked hands. So it's a very similar thing. And you deploy a moisturiser. With dogs, one of the best things we can do is moisturising shampoos, actually. And that can really help to condition the skin. So generally, they're kind of oatmeal based. Um, They'd be the really hydrating ones. They may be available online, but I'd say the best bet will probably be to speak to your vet or your groomer. They'd be able to recommend a good one that will be available locally. I suppose the one word warning I'd have is if the fur is falling away, it could just be normal shedding. But I suppose given the combination of fur falling away and a little bit of dry skin, I would wonder, well, is there a problem that's causing an itch or a scratch? Which is why there's a little bit more dandruff going on because your your dog is kind of irritating the skin, scratching away the dead scales mm. and the fur. I suppose I think it would be best just to make sure you're up to date on your flea mite lice spot on treatment. Um, if you're not, have a word with your vet and they'll be able to hook you up with something to, yeah, to help out. Yeah, and I know out. people will say, oh, I, I've, I've looked and I can't see any, yeah. any fleas. You don't always no, necessarily don't. see them. And I think it's really, really challenging sometimes. A lot of the time on dogs, we don't see them, but sometimes we see the flea poo. That's one of the things yeah. we see and we can test for that in the clinic very simply and um, with a little wet comb test. Um, on cats, really interestingly, a lot of the time the flea behaviour is very different. So you're very unlikely to find a flea actually on a cat, but they may still have a flea infestation because they'll generally jump onto cats, have a little bite and then go back to their hiding place in the home. So cats can have a real problem and be really, really itchy, but we can't generally find oh, anything wow, on the really skin. That, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a bigger problem than I think we anticipate a lot of the time. So my first step would be moisturising shampoo okay and um, make sure it's a dog one because the ph the the acidity of their skin is a little bit different to ours so you want to make sure that it's suitable for dog skin so that's why you don't use normal shampoo yeah, isn't it's it it's best not to particularly yeah. if you have a dog with sensitive skin it is always best to use a dog preparation because it's just adjusted a little bit different for the ph balance of their skin so they're not to cause any irritation okay um Make sure you're up to date in your flea worming, flea lice, my treatment. But if you're still concerned or if you do notice any itching, scratching or chewing behaviour at the feet, pop to your vet for a check over just to make sure there's not an underlying reason for any problems or that there's not a skin infection underlying things that might be causing issues just to, to root be aggravated. It out. Just yeah, to root it out. I okay, stay on skin issues because Anna in Enniskeen has two huskies, uh, eight or nine years old, uh, both female, both sisters. They're not neutered. They've never had pups. They're both losing a lot of beautiful 
hair. It's like falling out in clumps. They're healthy, they run around, they're eating well. She grooms them at least once a week, but it's literally coming out with clumps, shedding on the floor, so she can almost collect it in a big bucket. There is so much there. Is that unusual? <laughs> you know, huskies are an incredible breed. They're so well designed for the environment they came from, which is very cold climate. Yeah, they're as beautiful such, dogs. They are, they're incredible dogs. And it's kind of incredible seeing them as kind of a domesticated animal puddling around with us. The really incredible thing about them is how complex their hair structure is. They have an undercoat and an overcoat, which means that they stay really dry and insulated if the weather was really cold. And if they did have a wet outside of their fur, they do have a dense undercoat as well, which keeps them kind of, it's almost like an insulation jacket. Now that's designed <laughs> for where they come from. Yeah, that's designed yeah. for where they come from. Exactly. And I suppose in our current environment, which is this winter pretty mild, actually, um, it's a little bit mismatched with the environments they're in. And they're usually well adapted. Now, now, they do shed a lot because they have got a very, very dense coat. Um, it does sound like our listener Anna is doing a good job of keeping on top of the grooming. And that is really, really important, particularly in these breeds with dense or long hair coats, um, just to make sure they're comfortable um, mm. and not matted because that can pull on the skin and cause irritation. I find it interesting that if if this is different, Anna, from the last eight or nine years, why why the change? Now, it could be something to do with the weather. Maybe they're shedding a little bit earlier because it's milder. That could be one thing. Um, or I suppose, same as our last listener, I would just make sure that there's not a reason that they're not aggravating the skin. So maybe they might be shedding more because there is an itch or a scratch or a bite, which encourages any loose hairs to fall out. So again, very much like the last listener, make sure you're up to date in your flea. And that would mice. be hard to see on the husky with the way very you described hard. the dog. Incredibly hard. Exactly. Yeah. Because it is really, really deep and dense. Now, you don't describe any kind of bald patches. But what I would say is you do describe it kind of falling out in clumps almost. I would just make sure that the skin underneath doesn't look red or sore or they're not engaging in kind of itching, biting behaviours that might indicate that there is a skin issue. Um, If you do have any concerns about that, pop to your vet for a check over. But I think one thing I would say is it sounds like you're doing a really good job of grooming out once a week. What I would say is it might be worth popping to your local groomer um, to have a chat with them about what brushes you're using because they can have brushes suited to different coats. Might need, um, they might need kind of an MOT as regards a wash and then a full strip out of the coat. Like um, just making sure that everything's really thoroughly brushed out and any hairs that are going to be making their way out in the next few weeks are, are kind of just Ready encouraged on their way. Because falling out in clumps like that, that's not normal that's shedding. That's not normal no. shedding, no. no it what be. I would say though is because they do have a, such a, a dense coat, it can sometimes appear like a lot of fur coming out okay, together. Yeah. So it is a little bit difficult with this breed to discern between the two. I think if you have any concerns, get your vet to check the skin to make sure it's okay. Make sure your parasite treatment is up to date, but have a chat with your groomer. We have a lovely groomer, Nicole, and she's so, so knowledgeable. She works in the same practice as I do and her knowledge of how to groom all of the different breeds there and is also an art. To there is an art. There is an incredible yeah. art. Yeah. It's um, it's kind of like hair, hairdressing mixed with an yeah, incredible was, amount of knowledge. I was watching a, t- a program yeah. on the TV. I don't know if it was Crofts or one of those shows. It was some show and I could not get over the hairstyles. I know, I know. And I think it's really, really interesting. Like there's a lot of traditional ways of grooming dogs. So yeah. that they look like they're ideal, I suppose, as the kennel club would have decreed once yeah. upon a time. But I suppose the really important thing is when you do visit your groomer, doing something and having a chat with them about what would fit your lifestyle. It doesn't have to be exactly what your breed was meant to have. Yeah. What's really important is kind of function over fashion is, I, I think if I'm misquoting her now, she'll kill me. But I think yeah. that that's kind of her motto is make sure it's it's comfortable yeah. rather than it's got, it's got to be all about the dog yeah. and the dog being exactly. comfort, comfort. Uh, Melanie has a 
chihuahua who eats incredibly fast. Would Jane have any suggestions how to slow down the eating? Oh, um, so this is a, a dog that's in, eating incredibly quickly. Chihuahua. A chihuahua, also oh, mm. a small breed. Okay. Three-year-old. There's plenty of things you can do. I think one really important thing is you have to remember that once upon a time out in the wild, dogs and they would have been kind of have a, a wolf as their predecessor. Um, and they would have had to scavenge and find their food and use their brains. So I think the best way of slowing down their eating habits is to kind of reactivate that. So make them work for it. They'll be happier. They'll probably be fuller with the same amount of food because it gives that brain a little bit of time to process the fact that they're eating. Um, and they'll probably put on less weight as a result. It's like ourselves, if we think about eating the food rather than watching TV, we'll probably snack less. I think one of my best things that I could suggest would be you can get these incredible puzzle feeders off the internet or in your vet. I know we stock them ourselves. And I normally prescribe them for either dogs that bolt their food, so eat really, really quickly like this chihuahua. Or dogs that are a little bit overweight. It's really handy for that to make them feel a little bit fuller and have to think about their food. So essentially, they're like um, a big plate of, of various sizes. And some of them have almost like like a little maze. So that when you put the food in, they have to to move their little their little snout around in it to try and get the food out. It's a little bit more of a challenge. You could do a very similar thing at home, but you probably just need to supervise it. One thing I can suggest to people sometimes is the innards of um, toilet rolls like the little okay. cardboard inserts yeah. or the cardboard inserts of um, kitchen roll supervise them you could put the nuts inside it so they have to bash them around and for a chihuahua that might be an appropriate size so it slows things down a little bit but they'd have to be fully supervised to make sure they're not eating okay. the cardboard yeah okay <laughs> um, so, yeah because yeah, that works for, bo- for dogs that get bored as well it doesn't does. it does yeah. it really really mentally satisfies okay them. and a question that came in yesterday that came in during our gardening slot and we said we'd hold it over for you was Patsy in West Cork was wondering do we continue to feed the wild birds um, all year round or is it just in the winter months there are berries in the garden and she was wondering should she just leave them eat the berries hmm. I would be a real advocate of feeding all year round. Now, if they have, if if during the summer months those little birds have many options, they'll take them. So they'll be helped out by the the nuts and seeds that you provide, but they'll also have some berries from the garden. I think the really important thing is by feeding all year round, you're ensuring that they're still used to the feeder. So they are wild animals. They're in their brain. They're hardwired to avoid anything that's new or unusual or scary. If that feeder is there, for all months throughout the year filled with a little bit of food they will be less afraid of it come the winter months when they really need that sustenance Mm. so it's a familiar thing in their environment they're used to going to it so that it means that let's say for example if there was no feeder out there in the garden during summer and all of a sudden come November you introduce it when they really need it they won't touch it for a few months they'll be scared of it if you keep feeding all year round it ensures that although they may not need the sustenance in the summer months that they'll be used to the feeder by the time the winter rocks around and you'll really help them out Well that's a good idea that's good and actually somebody says interesting that you're talking about uh, wild birds my cat how do I stop my cat um, attacking and killing the birds little birds in the garden really hard really yeah. really it's their hard. instinct as well it is yeah. instinct I would say two things I would encourage play in safer forms so they just want to kind of exercise use their brains use their hunting instincts there's lots of toys that you can get that you could play with your cat in the home to give them that same kind of mental stimulation and exercise their hunting behaviours chasing um, little bits of fluff on strings etc um, and you can kind of bond with them by playing with them as well so that's one suggestion but what I would say as well is add some bells to the collar does that work? 
sometimes yeah I know my yeah. old my cat at home in her younger years I had like five bells on yeah. her collar now again make sure the collar is kind of a snap release collar that she you won't get like stuck Santa in Claus. Did she, come she in really her? did you could yeah. hear her like half a mile away but yeah. it meant that the birds could too <laughs> yeah so um, I think it's definitely worth doing as long as it's a safe collar that can snap release I would encourage you to not just use the one bell that's usually supplied with it put on a second more. one yeah, yeah. and they Cat, you need to start introducing the young age because cats, like an older cat's not going to tolerate. Not particularly. It? The younger you start with it, the better, to be honest. Then they know that it's not a scary thing around their neck. A lot of the time it's for their safety. So as long as it's a snap release collar, you can put your details on there so that if they ever okay. do wander off somewhere strange, that I suppose as well as a microchip, that there's the backup of having your number attached to the collar as a safety measure. But also you can put the bells on there. Generally, they don't find them too irritating at all. They do they not? just get very yeah. used to it, to be honest. And, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned snap release collars. Yeah. Are, are they on all... No, I check not. them. Yeah, I, I'm endlessly surprised by how unsafe some colours that are available are. Although they may stay on and you may have to buy less colours in that cat's life. The risk is that if they get themselves stuck in a branch or anything like that, they could cause severe trauma to their neck or, or even they, they could Does, die as a result. My neighbour's cat, um, my neighbour's cat was found oh no. and it was in between the two hedges in the, in the two. Yeah. And it was traumatic on everybody involved because the cat went missing. And then Absolutely. we and it, he, they choked. Exactly. And it's it's really not a pleasant end. What I would say is if it means that you have to buy a, a new collar every six months or if they go missing every now and again, that's definitely the better alternative than taking the less safe option of a really sturdy attached collar. Because I think when you're in the shop buying one, make sure it either has a, an advertised snap release on it. Mm. So it has kind of a pressure on the on the snap so if it gets caught it'll just or pop some open. of them have a, a kind of an elasticated innard so that they will if enough pressure is put on them they will kind of open up a little bit giving them enough room to wiggle yeah, out but to. make sure make yeah. sure okay good words of advice as always Jane thank you for that uh, have a lovely week and we'll chat you again next week that is Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group that's where I leave you for today my thanks to uh, John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Rich Richards is with you for the afternoon and hoping that the, the throat holds up. We will be back with you uh, tomorrow morning at uh, 10 o'clock. Thanks to everybody who contributed to the programme uh, today. And of course, we've got ways for you to win money here on C103 from next uh, Monday. And here's all the details. To celebrate our latest radio ratings, C103 is dishing out free money. Free money. Grab your share of five grand with C103 Cash Tracks. Every morning at 8.15, Simon will reveal the C103 Superstar of the Day. Then, stay listening for two tracks back-to-back from that artist. When they play, be caller 50 to win your share of €5,000. With Cavanaugh's, the new name for Ford and Mallow. For new and used car sales, visit Cavanaugh's.com. Starts Monday on the home of Cork's greatest hits. C103. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.